Hi there, I am Ethan Dia. In the fall of 2021, almost after two years of isolation and remote learning due to the pandemic, I returned to high school in my junior year. I was so excited to make it a great semester after losing so much time. However, I struggled through AP Physics for the first six weeks, which made me feel alone, lost, and powerless. It was by talking to my friends, family, and counselors that I made the uneasy decision to change to regular physics. After the switch, I fell in love with what I learned and I've been maintaining an A since then. I could not have done so if it was not with the help of others. And this sparked an idea in my mind, to create a podcast by talking to people in my life and sharing their stories so that I help others, especially other middle school and high school students, so that they realize that they are not alone and that we'll be okay. Today, I'm interviewing my good friend, Constantine Papadopoulos. He talks about his adventures through options trading while he constantly grows and expands his mindset for the future. Constantine is very hardworking and persistent as he explains in this interview. Hello everyone, today I'm here with my great friend, Constantine. How are you doing today? Good, how about you, Ethan? Pretty good, myself. So let's just get started. Um, you and I are both close friends and I've known you for a pretty long time. And I know that you do trading under your dad's name. And we're going to talk about that today. So. Let's start off. What school do you go to? I go to El Segundo High School. Are you? What grade are you in? I'm a junior, and you're going into senior year. Yeah, got it. Same. Uh, what are some hobbies that you do in your free time? I lift, play soccer, no, just hang out with friends. Right. Yeah. Let's start off with investing. When did you start investing? I started investing. Like option trading or just investing in general? Just started like to go to this whole scene. Like you started um, like seeing say, this as a way of getting an income. I'd say probably sophomore year, like light in crypto. I kind of pulled out of it. I know you and Kenzo are mm-hmm. really good at that now. And then I started getting into option trading early uh, 2022, late 2021, mm-hmm. I'd say. But I was on like paper trading accounts because I didn't want to risk real money until I knew I could uh, profit from it. And then uh, the beginning was kind of a slow start. I had two $500 accounts. I blew both of them up. I had another $500 account and then I turned that into my main account. When you say paper trading, did you invest with like, I guess, fake money or like some currency? Yeah, so paper trading is just like a simulation of option trading but it's not real money it's Mm -hmm. all fake it just helps you understand the basics Mm -hmm. so you had like three five hundred dollar accounts and then you transferred over to one after like two blew up yeah so the first two i made good trades for a few weeks on both of them um my problem was never finding good trades finding good breakthrough and downside values it was risk management Mm -hmm. so i would chase losses if one trade went bad i would then full port full port means like put like your whole portfolio Mm -hmm. into another trade i wouldn't set tight stop losses i just didn't have a system and that really bit me Mm -hmm. in the end of it and then uh, on my third account i started implementing trade rules so i have a google doc that i read to myself before i take every trade just to Mm -hmm. ensure it's a good trade i'm taking it for the right reasons and what really helped me overall keep that third account and grow it a lot was um 
discipline and accepting losses. So I didn't let my losses run. I didn't swing them over till the next day. I just kept tight stop losses, accepted a loss, and would go on and find the next trade. Got it. So all these terms, I'm not sure if our viewers viewers understand. So can you like just break down options trading and what it's all about? Right. So when you buy um, a contract for an option, there's calls and puts. If you're buying calls, you're essentially saying you think it's going to go up. And if you're buying puts, you're saying it's going to go down. Mm -hmm. So every option has a strike price. So you're if you're buying calls at ten dollars and the stock is at nine dollars you're saying it's going to move up one dollar by a certain date and that's the expiration now if it doesn't reach that date by expiration and you haven't sold it yet you are forced to have a hundred percent loss if it hasn't hit the strike price which is the dollar ten in this Mm -hmm. hypothetical uh, scenario where did you learn all this information um i started off on youtube And then I found a bunch of discords with a lot of great free information. Twitter has a lot of too. But you have to be careful because there's a lot of people that are just trying to sell you a course who really don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be posting like their money on social media and the money they get is from the courses they sell. Mm -hmm. They're not really great traders. So, Yeah. yeah. So what was the first, I guess, large sum of money that you acquired and what was that from? Um, my first huge, um, sum of money was from Netflix earnings. Now earnings is when a company is reporting their earnings and you buy contracts that day Mm -hmm. and then, um, you buy it the day before, I guess, and then you play earnings. So basically Netflix stock went down, I think 20 to 30% and it's a huge company. So I bought far out of the money. I bought one contract only for $70 and it went up 4,800% puts went up 4,800%. So yeah, that $70 turned into like 3.2 K, which that really got my account fueled. And what research did you do beforehand to get this to boom? Well, I mean, I noticed signs of a bear market for that specific play. Mm -hmm. And I knew that because due to inflation, people, they're only going to be buying the necessities. Netflix increased their subscription price. Mm-hmm. I saw um, downward movement in the last three months of their stock. And, you know, like people are going to be buying necessities with their money. If they can't afford a Netflix subscription, they're going to buy food instead of that. Mm-hmm. So you saw that. I saw that. I bought one put only mm-hmm. and then that blew it up. And then I decided... I really have to be disciplined now because um, my account is now like four or five K around at this point mm-hmm. and I have to treat it like such. I can't be saying, oh, it's just $500. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah. And during all these times and like trading in general, like how do you control your emotions even like if it's a big win or a big loss, how do you control it? Um, I stick to the same um, contract pressure not same contract price but so you can buy multiple contracts and then the total um shares price that you have is going to be like around the same number so if you were buying if you're playing options on tesla or like a company with super expensive contracts you would just i'll just buy one mm-hmm. whereas if i'm doing like a 100 to 200 dollar um stock i might buy three four but the total valuation has to be around the same range Mm -hmm. and 
like I, I told you about like I made myself a doc. Uh, when I, I always open it before I take a trade, making sure that I really want to make the trade. I, I'm not making it out of boredom. Right. That was a huge thing for me. Um, I had a consecutive winners, but I wanted more. I got greedy. And so I would trade out of boredom. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't find a great setup. It wouldn't match my scanner. It wouldn't be a good trade overall. But if I noticed one sign that I thought was bullish or bearish, I would just take it, which is just a really bad mentality to have. Mm-hmm. And I'm really thankful I grew out of it. So on your Google Doc, is it more of a like checklist or would it be more of like just a routine that you do? Um, it's both. Mm-hmm. Um, it really helps with the mental aspect of trading. I feel like I have a good amount of the fundamentals down. I really, I'm pretty good at technical analysis mm-hmm. and stuff. So it has a little bit about that. But the main thing is about stop losses and it's about finding more than one indicator before I take a trade. So before, if I just saw one pattern, I would take it either on the one day candles or on the five day, one hour, 15 minutes, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. I would take it. But I stopped trading certain stocks because I noticed that they would get IV crushed. IV crushed is implied volatility. Mm -hmm. So that means they don't have enough volatility to hit the strike price. And both puts and calls would get crushed because um, it just, it's not a big mover stock. So what I did to um, get around that is I have a scanner now and it limits, like I only trade stocks that the scanner comes up with. So my three um, scanners are sector. So I see if the sector is bearish or bullish, uh, bearish or bullish, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And you look at the ETFs for that. So the um, exchange traded funds. So that just means like if oil and gas is up and I see that, then I'm never going to buy puts on that mm-hmm. in that time frame. Oh, and okay. So on. Mm-hmm. And the other two are market capitalization. You want to make sure that it has a high market cap so you're not trading penny stocks. They can get super influenced by market manipulation and just one big buyer mm-hmm. or uh, shorter can squeeze that position and completely like flip the uh, value of the company. So Right. Um, yeah. So I do crypto, like you said in the beginning, and um, sometimes I do futures. And I think right. futures are where you long and short, so you basically right. predict if it's going to go up or down. Right. Um, and you do options. So what do you think the difference between futures and options would be? Future, I would say options, some like hedge funds, they, yeah, they do trade options, but you could consider it more future trading because they buy far out the money um, calls or puts, and it's very long dated. So they don't day trade, they don't scalp, mm-hmm. they look for long term investments. And I feel like that is the main difference. Day traders, which I do, mm-hmm. they look for just short gains. And then um, futures is just long dated. It's probably safer. It's actually a lot safer because if it goes down, like 10% in one day, it the contracts won't go down as much as if uh, it was like a end of the week expiration because it has so much time to reclo- uh, mm-hmm. recover. Mm-hmm. And so that brings me back to 
what we call implied volatility. I explained IV. So the further an option expiration is, the more valued it is because it has higher implied volatility. It can move bigger because it has more time to move, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're trading zero DTE, which is zero days till expiration contracts, they're not going to be too pricey. So, yeah. With all this money that you've gotten over the past time, do you hold any stocks or do you just trade? Yeah, I, I do have an E-Trade account that is um, separate to it and it is only for long-term investments. Mm -hmm. um, I think people are always saying buy the dip, buy the dip. Like right now, I think we'll still go down. SPY will still go down long term. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've bottomed yet, right? Mm -hmm. But you can, what we call dollar cost average down, you can buy um, you can buy like a percentage of what you want your total portfolio to be long term. And then as it keeps on going down, you can keep on, keep on buying. So you'll have a new average. So dollar cost averaging is basically like buying every week, let's just say $100 and just buying at no matter what the price is, right? Um, I, yeah, it would technically be, but what people do for, at least for options mm -hmm. is, um, if they predict a huge, uh, breakthrough to the upside or downside and it hasn't happened yet, every few minutes they'll be buying, buying, buying. But like, like you said, yeah, for stocks, mm -hmm. uh, for long-term investments, it would be weekly. Right. To move away from the trading aspect, what would you like to do in the future? I mean, I guess that would still be trading technically, but mm -hmm. it would probably be for a hedge fund or investment bank investment firm. Mm -hmm. So I would be working more for the company in the long dated futures. And then I would want to still trade for myself on the side, mm -hmm. um, just day trading, short dated uh, contracts. Yeah. It was great having you on my podcast today. Thanks for coming on. Yep. And um, I sure hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks. See ya. Yep. That wraps it up for today on the We'll Be Okay podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned something from today's guest. Remember this, we'll be okay and see you in the next story.